Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, The Talent Surgery, The Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today, we are joined by Caroline Ramad, the CEO and founder of 50 in Tech. 50 in Tech has a goal of reaching 50% of women in tech by 2050, and does so through identifying safe workplaces. Caroline is making fantastic progress across Europe and is helping businesses be better environments. So today she is here to tell us more. Hi, thank you so much for joining us. Hi Nadia, so happy to be with you today. It's incredible what your goal is, what you're trying to achieve and you know the steps that you're making already have been brilliant. So I'd love for you just to tell us a bit more, you know, tell us about your role of 50 in tech, tell us what it entails. So yeah, I'm the founder and CEO of 15 Tech. So basically my role in the company is to really help uh, the people to grow. So that's my vision to build a type of company that we are not seeing every day in tech. So it's really uh, an inclusive company where people can grow and can really add their idea to our super ambitious goal. And you say that that's super ambitious because we know the number actually in tech. And so uh, we are a startup with a mission. And what we want to do is to create concrete solution in order to achieve and to, and to close the gender gap in tech. So my vision as an entrepreneur and as a social entrepreneur uh, in tech is that we have um, a unique opportunity and a unique time for now where the tech companies can solve problems. And so we can address also businesses with impact. And that's exactly what we want to do. Use technology to close the gender uh, gap in tech. And so finally, build a fairer uh, society. I'm so passionate about your mission. I love your mission. I think it's, it's fantastic what you're doing. Just take us back. When was it your light bulb moment to create this business? Uh, so I was uh, 40 years old, quite a dinosaur in tech. But uh, I know the data and I know that it's the best time uh, as an entrepreneur to succeed. Data shows that most success when you are over 40 years old. So finally, uh, I am a mother of uh, two uh, amazing little daughters and, and two little girls. And uh, I really want as a, as a mother uh, to change the world where she will grow uh, finally. And so that was my motivation before that. I was the managing director of one of the first female entrepreneurs incubator uh, based in Paris. The name is Willa. It's an incubator who was created 
15 years ago. Uh, one of the first one in Paris was the third incubator created in Paris. And so I did that during three years. And I saw there, I realized the lack of women in tech as an entrepreneur, but also as a tech profile inside the companies. We are losing so much opportunity just to give you one number, or perhaps two, one in two uh, women is leaving tech due to discrimination. So we have a lack of pipeline, okay? So 25%, around 25% of women working in the tech industry. But when we are looking to engineering, I think in the UK, it's uh, only 14%, so it's really few. And we are losing them. So the half of this, uh, 50% of this pipeline is just leaving tech after eight years of experience due to discrimination. So we can have a huge impact by really transforming tech as an inclusive industry, because for now, it's a toxic one. So this is my first, first data really shocked me. Also, I mean, what we can change? What we can change is much, finally, this woman in tech and this amazing woman in tech with companies who have really understood that they have jobs to do in order to build better workplaces for them. Because tech needs them, and just uh, another data for Europe, if we are continuing losing this amazing talent, it's 16 billion euro that we are losing by 2025. So that's a huge number. It's, it's a question of performance. It's a question of the future of economy. And we are talking like that and not acting anymore. So my vision is as a, as a feminist, because I'm, I'm also board member of UN uh, Women Friends, my vision is to build concrete tool to change the situation and really design for women in tech, design for them by women. That's my vision. Well, it's super inspiring just listening to you. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting pins and needles on the back of my neck just hearing, you know, your passion for everything you talk about because these are shocking figures. You know, you're talking about, you know, really affecting the economy. You know, 16 billion euros. This is huge. We're talking about low percentages of women within tech, and then we're losing half of them because, you know, I talk a lot about the potential of tech, but you're saying it absolutely bang on right now we've got toxic cultures that we need to really affect to be more inclusive because yes the potential may be there but the behavior isn't right now so you are all about actioning this change which i love and you speak about connecting women with safe places and industries so a lot of people who listen to this podcast they want to learn so tell us what do you consider safe so we have four main criteria. First, do you have equal pay? I don't know if you see this morning that in Sifted, you have a huge gender pay gap in UK scale up. And last week it was in Revolut, 30% of difference, the C-level, okay? That's not okay. First, gender pay gap and the average uh, gender pay gap for women in tech. So imagine a female data scientist and a male data scientist with the same skills, same experience, 10,000 euro as a difference per year. And then that means 300,000 euro for your life. So that means a little tiny flat in Paris, for example. But that's, that's something that you can perhaps contribute to your wealth and to your life. So that's, that's the first thing. The other thing is work-life balance. You know that tech is super demanding, hyperscaling, investors asking uh, them to go faster and faster. So there is basically no work-life balance and women are asking for flexibility. Why? Because you know the number, 70% of the women are just doing everything at home. That's not a question of willing to do that. <laughs> 
but they have no choice to. So if you need to go to the doctor for your kids, it's job for, for the mother, okay? So if you're not doing that, you will lose talents. And we saw two movements during COVID. The first movement was to say, okay, we can be flexible while working. So that, that's working. So it's the first thing that we, we learn together. But the other movement was to say, because as a company, didn't give attention enough to the women. We, uh, C-Level are leaving these companies to be at home. And that's impossible because we need them. We have only 5% of C-Level in tech. And so that's totally impossible to continue like that. So the second criteria, work-life balance and flexibility. And the third one is fair career pass. We, we are talking about that. And so only 5% of female C-Level, 1% of female CTOs in Europe you know, I was at Station F and I'm seeing like every day one guy CTO with the 21 years old, you know, super young. I'm a CTO, but he will keep the title. The woman will be like intern as a software engineer and she will never get the title. And so that's a problem that we have. So no, no fair career pass, not enough women at the C-level. And the last one is the level of inclusion of your company. And I'm really talking not only about diversity, but inclusion. So that means, do you have any harassment policy? We know that sexual harassment and psychological harassment is one of the first topics for women in tech. When you are working in a 90% male-dominated team, that's quite hard to be a woman inside the company. So do you have policies for that? As the HR director, are you taking action? when someone is telling you that time that we have an issue with these people. Harassment policies, discrimination policies. Do you have an ERG employee resource group to talk about diversity and the case of women in the tech industry? Are you taking action together in order to build a better workplace to be a, a great place to grow for, for women in tech? And I want just to give you an example. You don't know if you are inclusive, just ask. Just ask them. Are you inclusive enough? I love this story from uh, Sheryl Sandberg when she was working as a VP uh, at Google and she uh, finally got uh, the first kids and she didn't realize until that that the place to park the car was really far away from the entry of you know, Google. Uh, uh, and she said, okay, do I need to have like a C-level woman as a position of power to decide to change this kind of thing? You can just ask. And you will see if you are inclusive uh, enough. So I have many ideas about inclusion and how you can really be inclusive, but it could be also hiring more junior level position. For now, we are seeing a lot of women doing career change. So it's, that means boot camp. So of course they are not skilled enough because this is really uh, a career change. So this is six months to one year of education program in order to become software engineer. But when you see the lack of uh, woman, what can you do to build like a mentoring program, a sponsoring program to help them to continue to grow while raising five, 100 million? I think you can have a plan to be open to career change because we need them. That's the point. So that's the vision about how to build a, a, an inclusive workplace. Yeah, I think this is, this is all such clear uh, information that we can follow because I think this is what's really important, that there are many people who want to be more inclusive, but they get stuck at the thought of, well, what do I need to do first? And I really like what you're saying about you know, asking the questions, but 
I know you've got a lot of thoughts on this as well because companies are saying, how can we be more inclusive? But making that happen and making that first step is really important. So, you know, ensuring that the environment, they feel safe, as you've just said, so that they can can answer those questions and can share share their concerns and their thoughts. So with regards to the companies that you've been partnering with and how they've transformed their diversity into inclusion, um, what would you say are the impactful first steps? So depending on the size of the companies, that's why we have developed a free scoring uh, and it will be launched soon. So free scoring for companies, because when you have an, uh, 125 employees, you can't do the same that 500 employees. So I believe that the first step is perhaps just create a group, an employee resource group, only with 10 people you can do it and dedicate a little bit time to have a reflection at job desk. Are they biased or not? Uh, look at your recruitment process. Are you doing the same interview for everybody? So that means a current system to be unbiased. So that you can do it with no money. Okay. What you can do with no money at the first place. Then you need to invest in sourcing. So that's why we have built this marketplace to source female tech talent. And uh, we have 10,000 female tech talent across Europe, uh, mostly France, UK, Germany. And then you are showing, so we are doing company pages where you can say your data, what you are doing, and then connecting with your team members. So accessibility, are you accessible or not for them? And that's the idea. So, so, so what are you doing at your stage and what kind of uh, level of inclusion do you have? And of course, you can't have the same uh, with 25 employees or 300 or 1,000, okay? So you have different levels. But what we are seeing is that most of the companies are not investing uh, really early stage. And then they have like 100 employees with no HR, no vision about DNI, and then they, they are raising funds and the investors say, hey, scalability, no time to hire a diverse profile, no time. So this is will be with a with a, a round with 500,000 euro, million euro. Oh, we need to invest now because we have too much employee and that, that's too late. No, that's not too late, but that's, you can do better before. So that's why uh, I think next year we will launch a special product only for people, for really, really very small com uh, companies to give them the three first steps that they have, signing the pledge, and then we will verify them one year to see if they have made progress. And sometimes progress is not money to invest. It's just time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's brilliant that, you know, you're partnering with people to help them on the journey. I think that's incredibly important. You know, and from, from myself as a recruitment perspective, you know, I, I work with so many clients that need that level of partnership, that individual to be checking in on them and helping them make those steps forward. Now, you've always said that a focus on women and the gender imbalance has been the first step. What's next? So the next one, we need to be uh, located in London. That's why we are raising funds now <laughs> to collect more data. So the, the next level will be to add intersectionality survey for women. And so we can say, okay, we want to tell you because you know that in France and Germany, that's forbidden uh, due to uh, Second World War. So uh, you can say you have 30% of women with a different uh, ethnic origin, okay, from your country. And so we can give overview as a data about the talent pool. And so it's gender plus intersectionality. And my vision for the three years before to enter in, uh, in the US will be to be full diversity. So you can hire, for example, uh, you want a black woman in tech, you can know that. So 
it will be uh, added. But due to GDPR, it's super hard to collect this kind of data outside uh, US and UK. Interesting. Yeah, definitely. So when you are talking to uh, all your clients and all the information that you've gathered and everything you've learned, what would you say would be your call to action that everybody needs to be doing to ensure that their workplaces are truly inclusive? So first ask, I told you, build a group uh, with this uh, decision maker and make it as a priority to listen. So you decide a new policy, you test it. Perhaps you have no idea about new policy. You can just listen uh, to the group. I think this is the first step. And then look at your recruitment process. Are you recruiting only in Cambridge? I don't know, Oxford or Stanford or Polytechnic in France? Of course, you won't have enough women. They are not, uh, they are not there. So do you have any other policy to hire? I don't know. <laughs> Some companies are saying we are super diverse in recruiting. We are recruiting in university. Okay, but university is brain. So why are you doing like differences between, okay, the best school. Okay, that's cool. And, and that's not risky perhaps, but take risk. You are doing an, an, a new company, take risk and, and find other kind of talent because the talent shortage will be massive. For now, we have 49 million tech jobs. It will be 150 million jobs in 2025. So the talent shortage will be huge. You need to diversify. You need to invest in junior level position, in internship with a 50-50% ratio and to add other criteria. This is an investment for the future and not only for you as the company, but for tech. We can't continue with 90% of guys building algorithm, <laughs> building software services, or computer things. That's impossible. We are 52% of the population as a woman. So that's totally impossible. And when you are black in tech, that's terrible. The number are like just decreasing. And so if you want efficiency because the competition for, for new products is huge, the competition for talent is huge. You have no choice than changing this kind of vision coming from VC's uh, perspective because they have built a, a framework about what is a good company to invest in tech. So we need to change the model, I believe. So that's why one of the key things will be to change the face of the VC's industry because this is a result of a lot of things and that's why we want to help VC's also to hire more female partners and as a profile, as an investor, not only analyst, partner. We need access to money and access to, to the capital. Absolutely. And, you know, Caroline, I think you've left us with a lot to think about, you know, and a lot of actions that we need to ensure that we are part of to drive that change. You know, what's really standing out for me is changing the face of VCs, really identifying that the talent shortage is not going away. So we've got to change our process. We can't expect it to just fix by us continually doing the things that we've always done. Change it must be part of it. Making sure that people are asking and then making it their priority to listen and then act following that. And also there was something that you said a lot earlier on when you were talking about the four stages of what you consider a safe environment. And the fourth one you mentioned was it's the level of inclusion, not just diversity. So it's how you look after your diversity. And one of the things you mentioned and you questioned, do you have a harassment policy? 
this isn't something that people talk about nearly enough as they should do. I've learned a lot by listening from you. And I know that other people listening to this podcast will learn too. So just to close it up, what is the best way of getting in touch with you when we want to speak again? Oh, super. So if you're a woman in tech, just register on 15 Tech and connect me. If not LinkedIn, uh, I'm uh, obviously super connected. Uh, my email, if you want, caroline at 15tech.com. Perfect. And I'll make sure when I post this podcast, we do all the links so that people can get in contact with you really easily. But it's been an absolute pleasure learning from you today. And I wish you all the best with 15 Tech. And I'm really looking forward to us partnering. And as you expand here into the UK, me introducing you to as many of my network as possible, because we are all on the same journey together to hit that goal. Your goal is definitely, definitely my goal. So thank you for sharing it all on today's Women of Fintech podcast series. Thank you very much, Nadia, for welcoming me. It was really such a great pleasure to, uh, talking with you. Thank Vision, Super Line, Sisterhood. Mm-hmm.